Last week I had just recovered. I was just recovering from surgery, and I was not even sure I would be here last week. But I was here, and I felt good. And as we were, I already knew we'd scheduled Ron. And uh, Lord just said, "I want you to, I want you to speak Sunday morning." And it's not gonna. I'm not taking his time. We're gonna be here as long as we need to be. Nobody's in a hurry. Nobody's hungry except for the Word, right? But it's been a profound week. Uh, it's been a just profound year since the beginning of 2018 when the Lord spoke the word abundance over us. And we've had an abundance in the series on power and the series on the treasures. And God has been pouring into us. And I mean, just look around. Uh, I, I believe with all my heart in, in just a couple of months that we're going we're gonna to be, and, and we've been doing a reset, refresh meeting last night with all of our ushers, I mean, all of our volunteers and leaders. Over 130 people here last night. Thank you for being here. But I, I believe with all my heart in, in just in a few months, in the fall months, we're going to be over capacity. Now, we have room to buy and fill in some more chairs, not a whole lot. But I really, truly believe that even by January, we may, we may be considering, maybe going back to two services. because And it's not because, oh, this is uh, uh, the most popular church in town. I know it's not the most popular because we preach the truth. And uh, it's not the most popular. It's not the most easygoing, but it, we are the best loving. <laughs> okay? And... Uh, we, we, uh, the love of God that prevails and permeates this place and, and spreads out into the city. Because when y'all leave here, y'all spread out into the city. The church doesn't stay here when you leave. The church goes with you. Uh, and we're kingdom people. We are kingdom people. Say, I'm a kingdom person. You know, you know, the difference between the, the churches come to manifest the kingdom. Uh, the churches come to present the kingdom to the world. And that's our job as Christians is to go out and present the kingdom to the world. And, and we do that as a church. We come and we come and we collectively get filled up and we get filled up to go out and be the church that God has called us to be. So this morning, I want to touch on a couple of things about this new wine, because the other day I woke up and I said, we're supposed to start. We're, so, we're supposed to sing that song at, at, our, at our, our refresh and reset meeting. And uh, so I put it on Facebook. How many of you heard it on Facebook? That's a good way to start. If you if you don't get on Facebook for anything, get on our church site and see what we post there because we we let you know ahead of time we got a new song coming. And then I and as I posted it, I was going, I need to put a scripture of that. So I looked it up and I found Mark two twenty two. Well, you may not think that's much, but we think a lot of two twenty twos because God put these numbers in front of us. And so all the time, Mary Lou will go, Well, it's wait. She'll wake up in the morning. It was two twenty two. We'll be driving down the street. She'll look at my digital clock. Our digital clock in the in the corner I'll say 222 uh and there's always these numbers 222 coming up god likes to show off in numbers did you know that and so we see these numbers and so i'm preparing for this 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 uh reset and renew meeting last night and i looked up mark 222 and it's about the new wine because where god has taken us your old wine skin ain't gonna cut it say my old wine skin ain't gonna cut it if you want to be really legalistic isn't going to cut it okay it ain't gonna cut it and god's calling us to a new level i think most of you if you've been here all this year you recognize there's been a shift there's been a change we're we're moving in our worship and and in and the, during the week all the things that are taking place god is doing an amazing thing here and you can either get on board or you can go and you can leave and don't, don't go somewhere else where you're comfortable yeah, I, these people that say, well, I feel comfortable at your church. I know what that means, but I don't, I don't like it. I don't want you to be comfortable. I don't want you, I want you to go, man, I feel so challenged. I feel so mad at some things because that's where we're going. We're going to have to be a good 
pliable vessel, a clean vessel for him to use us to advance the kingdom of God in this city, in this state, in this nation. So we are we are listen, we're in a good place. We are we have been getting the structure right. We've got the we've got the government right. We're a fivefold ministry church. We believe in the prophet and the apostle and the evangelist and the pastor and the teacher. We believe in the gifts of God. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in all the gifts of the Spirit. And God is showing us how to use all of these weapons, all these all of these tools to advance the kingdom of God. He didn't give us all this so we could go home and go, Well, that was a good service. You know, I'm suck your thumb. He gave us these things so we could go out and be the army that God's called us to be, the warriors that he's called us to be. So if you're not comfortable with that, listen, I am not going to beg you to stay. Mary Lou's after this service. She's going to say what she says every Sunday. You think anybody will come back? You know what? I think people are hungry for something better. I think people are hungry to go forward in faith. I think people are tired of being bored at church. I think people are tired of church. Thank you, Jesus. But we're in a good place. Last night, man, we had our eight original people, all of the charter people, the eight people that began Freedom Fellowship in 2000 are back here together. And listen, we lined up here and people came by and we said, we're going to we're going to impart to them. We're going to bless them because when eight, when God can take eight and do this, guess what he can do with this? I'm telling you, he's got he's he's got big plans for us. We always got to keep it in perspective, but we've got to be flexible. You know, when we say two services, you don't, you don't need to go, oh, I didn't like that before. Listen, we say, well, God, whatever you've got for us, I want to be what you want me to be. You just sang it. I hope you meant it. Matthew 13, the Lord t- took me to the scripture. I've got like three scriptures this morning, maybe four. Matthew 13, 51. Jesus had just been teaching a bunch of parables, saying, speaking a lot of parables. And all the people were gathered around the multitudes and the disciples and the Pharisees and Sadducees. And he said, have you understood all these things and the lessons of the parables? They said to Jesus, yes. You know, they said yes a lot. And he goes, you don't have a clue. But he didn't do. He didn't rebuke them. They just said, yes, we understand all the parables. He said to them, therefore, every scribe, that's a teacher who has become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings out his treasure things that are new and fresh. Say new and fresh. And things that are old and familiar. Say old and familiar. Isn't that interesting? He's telling people, he's, he's telling them there are people that want, they're going to bring out the new, the, the, these new kingdom people, these new kingdom scribes, they're going to bring out the old and the familiar, and they're going to bring up the new and the fresh. We didn't even know that when we were talking about this new, this meeting last time, it's going to be called refresh, reset. And we're going to go forward, we're going to be reestablishing some things, and we can look back at our past. It's okay to look back at your past, but please don't live there. Please don't get from, see, he said, you've got the old, you've got the familiar. He said, you guys know Abraham, you know Moses, you've been following the law, you've been doing the deal, you've been keeping the commandments, you've been trying to keep all this, you've been trying to do it all right. But he said, now for you to go where I'm going to take you, we've got to go to the new and the fresh. And we think, well, that applied to them back then, but man, surely not us today in the world because we all, we're all, all New Testament people. We're all New Testament believers, but that's not the truth. There's still, there are churches today that say we're a New Testament church, but they're still living in the old and the familiar. They're just comfortable. They're not, at, they're not impacting the world for Jesus Christ because they're comfortable in their skin. Have you ever heard that, that statement? We're comfortable in our own skin. 
Well, listen, if you're comfortable in your own skin, I hope your skin is really flexible. So you can hold the new wine. So you can carry the anointing that God has for you. Is the, is the old completely worthless? Not at all. Because when we look back, we can learn from all the past. When I think back at all the things that God has brought us through, all the things that he has led us through, all the things that he has taught us in the past, I say, thank you, God. That is awesome. But where are we going tomorrow? Where are we going today? What do you have for us today? When you wake up in the morning, it shouldn't be, oh, God, there's another day. It should be, oh, God, what do you have for me today? We got to start changing the Ron hit it on the nail last night. We got to start changing our words and it starts with changing our thinking. We got to get out of the stinking thinking mode and start having the beautiful thinking, the things of God that we're putting our minds upon. And when we start that, when we get it in our heart, it'll come out of our mouth. We'll start declaring the works of God. We'll start declaring who he is and not who we were. Amen. So look at Mark 2, 22. This is Jesus speaking. He says, no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine bursts the wineskins and the wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined. But the new wine must be put into new wineskins. Now, for us today, back then he was talking about religion. But today, this this scripture still applies to religion. It applies to rituals. It applies to the old, the way we used to do things. It's not that person that, you know, that guy that always says, well, we've never done it that way before. You know, that's the old. They want to stay in the old familiar. They don't want to be challenged to move up. They don't want to be challenged with anything because they're comfortable in their skin of tight, uncrackable. I mean, uh, just a tight skin that, that nothing can move. Nothing, nothing is flexible. And they're going to do certain things a certain way. And if you try to change them, oh, Katie, bar the door. You know what I'm talking about? I hope that's not you this morning. But if it is. It's time to change. Amen? So how's your wineskin today? What does it look like? Has it become old and rigid, or is it fresh and flexible? Why well, anything in the Scriptures says, give me a heart of flesh for a heart of stone? I mean, it happened in the Old Testament. It happens in the New Testament. God showed me something the other day while I was in the shower. And any of you get revelation in the shower? What is it about being in the shower you get revelation? I get revelation in the shower. You know, it's just... Yeah, it's just a, it reminds you of God just pouring out on you. And you just sit there and you're getting clean before the Lord and the water wash. And he just gave me this revelation. And so I get out. And matter of fact, I'm opening the door. Mary's in there doing her hair or something. Hey, baby, I got a revelation from the Lord today, you know. And she, okay, tell me what it is. And so and this is the revelation. I've been to many churches. Well, not many because I don't go to most churches. I, this is the one I go to. Uh, but when I'm out of town, I go to other churches. And there's, there's a new term out there called... Uh, uh, would you like to become a Christ follower today? Christ follower. And we need to be Christ followers. And I thought, Christ follower? I'm going to ask you something. It's not a trick question. But who followed Christ in the, in, when he was alive? Who followed him? Who followed Christ while he was alive on earth? Somebody said over here, Pharisees. Who said that? Oh, because you heard my revelation. That's not fair. We always want to say, well, the disciples followed him. They did. But the Pharisees and the Sadducees followed him too. But they just had a different attitude. They had a different motive when they followed him. Are you getting my drift? People today say, I'm a Christ follower. But they're not really Christ followers in in, in the sense of they're not Christ lovers. So if somebody says, who are you? I'm a Jesus lover. Because anybody can go after a philosophy. 
There are many churches today that are teaching the philosophy of Jesus, but they're not teaching the truth of the word of God. Oh, he was a good man. He loved everybody. He said, love your enemies and do good. He said all the, and he was a great teacher, great philosopher. And that is seeped into the denominations and churches across our world that they're just teaching a great philosophy about Jesus Christ. But I'm telling you, you've got to get past that he was a great teacher, that he is the lover of your soul, that you love him with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. That's when you'll really follow him. That's when you'll say, I'll take up my cross daily and I will follow him because Listen, Judas Iscariot followed him, and he betrayed him. He was a Christ follower. See, a lot of people, they're going to follow Jesus as long as it's comfortable. But I'm telling you, when it gets uncomfortable, they'll go, well, you know what, I think I'm gonna, I want to try somebody else. I've heard Buddha was pretty nice. Seriously. Or like Ron says, seriously, dude. I'm almost through, Ron. I don't know that you ever actually heard me preach live. Yeah, I sure. Religion today has become a way of life devoid of any personal love and devotion for Jesus. And it's still alive and it's still rigid and it's still stale. It's the old familiar way. And guess what's happened in a lot of denominations that believe that, that live like that? They are drying up. Did you know the most, the, the fastest growing Protestant religion, I don't like to use that word, but in all the surveys is, are those that believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because people are saying, I've done that other religion thing. I've hit my head up against the wall when nobody got healed, then nobody got saved, nobody got delivered. We were talking to our neighbor the other day. He goes to a different church in the town. Hey, how's your church? Well, it's great, great, great. He said, we baptized two people this last two years. I said, what? Mary said, what? Two. We baptized two a week. Almost. Probably more than that if you average it out. But you know what? That's not because we, it's because we believe that Jesus is the Savior. And we're telling people, I, I haven't led any of these last few weeks. I haven't led any of these people to the Lord. But somebody has, and that somebody's are you, are reaching out and touching the lives of people. Because you're Jesus lover. Say, I'm a Jesus lover. Yeah, you can be a Christ follower, but you got to first, you got to be a Jesus lover. Then you follow him all you want to, okay? And, you know, a lot of churches today, they, they, they've come to the place, what do we do? What do we do? Our attendance is going down. I've talked to people. Whatever, what are we going to do about our church? Our attendance is going down. We're just losing the next generation, all the kids. We don't have any children in the nursery. And you know what they do? They come up with a plan. They come up with a plan. Well, we'll change the music. We'll add a guitar player. We'll add a drummer. We'll get some contemporary music. I hear that's when people are showing up. Oh, no, no, that, that was a good plan. But you know what? These pews turn people off. And so we need to get rid of the pews, which are millions of dollars. You know, they get rid of them. We're going to put in chairs because chairs are cool. And you know what? We've got to get some projectors and some slides and some floodlights. And then the people will come. But you know what really is happening there? The wineskin has not changed. It's just been repackaged. In programs, we repackage, repackage, regurgitate, regurgitate, and try to get the same old things and think something else is going to happen. I'm thinking move of God's happened. It's not going to happen until we know that the Holy Spirit is running the show. And not programs. If we're going to be relevant, we've got to get with the Holy Spirit. It's not about Chelsea boots, skinny jeans. These are a little skinnier. But, you know, I, one day I really did try, I accidentally tried on some skinny jeans. Went to Dellard's and they had some on sale. And I just picked out my waist size, length size, put them on. 
like that. I came out of the dressing and merely about fell over. You know, you walk like this. That's cool. I don't know. I feel weird. I look cute on the young guys. Let me read a couple more verses, then I'll turn those over to Ron. Colossians 3.10. And this is in the Passion Bible. For you have acquired a new creation life. Say, I've got a new creation life. Which is continually being renewed into the likeness of the one who created you. What does that tell you? He's saying you've got a wineskin. You've got a skin. And it's going to be continually renewed. He says to be transformed by the renewing, the continual renewing of your mind. So listen, if you're here and your wineskin is, 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 uh, is a little bit tight today and you feel like, man, I'm, I'm kind of, I've been in a rut. God's saying today, let it stretch. Let's stretch you out a little bit. Let's stretch your thinking a little bit. Let's stretch your, uh, where, where you want to go with your life, with your purpose. Let's stretch you in this world that we call the church. It starts stretching us into the kingdom. Okay? I want to ask you, I, I see Jay this the other day. It's another revelation. Not, not a big revelation, but I just asked him. I said, what does any great athlete do before they take the field? Stretch. Anybody, any athletes in here? How many of you don't like to stretch before you go out on the field? I, I hated to stretch. If I was going to play tennis, I just want to go play tennis. And these guys would be over there, like, you know, putting their up, reach, and all that. And I said, let's just go, let's go play. And then people that don't stretch go out there and get what? Hurt. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't exceed um, uh, at the sport that God has given you or the, the grace to do something because you haven't stretched. You haven't been willing to do the hard stuff before you get to the good stuff. And if you're going to get to the good stuff, God's going to say, I'm well, you're going to have to stretch first. You're going to have to be touching some toes. Matter of fact, you might want to stretch by getting on your knees. Mm, man, he's meddling. Talking about prayer. Yeah, I'm talking about prayer. As believers, we need to recognize our need to yield our lives in such a way that the Holy Spirit can fill us and fuel us, fill us and fuel us to change the world. We can treasure the old guys. How many of you? I treasure the old. I treasure what God has done. And we can look back and see how he's protected us, preserved us, provided for us, pressed us. And that's good, but don't get too familiar with the past. Don't live there. We tell people all the time that are coming through deliverance, do not, we're not going to let your past determine your future. So shouldn't we say the same thing about even when things are going good, let's don't just think, oh, we, we've got it all together. We're doing good. Let's settle there. Because that's what the children of Israel did on the wrong side of the river. They settled there in the wilderness. And God said, you really want the promised land? You're going to have to do some things. You're going to have to stretch. Oh, you mean those giants are not really as big as we thought they were? stretch get across the water get across the river because god's taken us to that place i want to finish with this when god is taking us where every where he wants to take every believer every believer every church he wants every church to go to this place he wants us to go to the go to him because he is a supernatural all-powerful god and this is what he still wants to see and it's in mark 16 15 he wants us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will what? 
cast out demons. They will what? Speak with new tongues. They will what? Take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will do what? They will lay hands on the sick and they will what? Oh, was that just for them then? No, it is for us now because Jesus said, I'm the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. The Lord said, I am the Lord thy God. I do not change. So are you ready to get stretched? Step by, stand up and stretch. Stand up and stretch a little bit. Come on, just stretch. Whoa. Stretch me. Let's say, stretch me, Lord. I want to be a new wineskin. You're pouring something new into my life. I'm ready for the new. Amen. Let's give God a hand and welcome Ron Campbell. I suppose I'm supposed to sing a song or something now. Now, How do you follow that act? That was good, man. Harold, that was awesome. Whew. So I'm going to share a story if I can. I was sitting down the other day talking to a guy about the kingdom, about knowing God. And uh, he said, how did you ever discover God? I said, well, if I had discovered God, I'd be a billionaire. I said, I didn't discover him. He found me. So ever since I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's, my life has become militant. That's why the church is afraid of the gifts of the Spirit. Because people that are gifted by the Holy Spirit and are functioning in the gifts of the Spirit are militant. They, they discern, they see, they hear, they understand. They're not, they're not prepared to accept the status quo. So you can go into any circumstance directed and led by the Holy Spirit and you can know all things. Think about that. Do you believe that you can know all things? I see it on a daily basis. I enjoy the fact that the Holy Spirit is with me and in me. And wherever I go, He leads me and guides me into all truth. This is the advantage we have over the world. The world cannot have the Spirit unless they receive the Savior who then gives them the Holy Spirit. Right? So I was talking to this guy there. I said, well, he says, what is your function in the church? I said, I am here to weaponize the saints. He said, what's that mean? I said, I'm here to be the drill sergeant, prophetically, to kick them in the rump, to get them off the seat, to start functioning in the abilities that God has put in them and endowed them with. Well, how can you do that? I said, you do that by means of being guided and being led by the Holy Spirit. Every time I come here, what do I do? I inspire you to step into the greater things. You don't need to be second fiddle in the world. You have within you the Almighty God living bodily. You have all you need. The biggest picture I think that we miss as saints is the ability to see. Am I right? So I'm going to take it to Scripture Queen. I want to show you a story if I can. Is that okay? The book of Kings, the second book of Kings. Chapter 6. Elisha prayed and said, O oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. This is talking about his servant. When his servant went out 
and suddenly saw this whole army around them. They were encamped round about them, and they were under siege. And he came back and said, Elijah, oh man, we're in trouble. There's a whole big army outside there. We're not going to be able to get out. And Elijah just continued doing what he did. He wasn't worried about it. Because why? Because he's something, he saw something much greater than the physical realm. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Please strike the people with blindness. Now hold on a second. This was before the introduction of the Holy Spirit in complete fullness. In those days, there were only specific people that had the grace of God on them to do certain things. God sent Elijah and Elisha to Israel as what I would call uh, alpha prophets, demonstrators of God's power. What did they do? They killed people. (laughs) Yeah, every time somebody came and challenged them, fire came down and burned these people up. Man, I wish that was a gift of today. I tell you what, I would, I would be barbecuing left, right, and center. <laughs> ah, prophet's hot sauce, man. Here we go. But, you know, unfortunately, we're not yet to kill people. We're yet to get them in the kingdom. And get them in the kingdom, then kill them. <laughs> but here's the thing. So, the other guy sees the natural army around the back, but the spiritual army that's beyond anything that you can see in the natural is God has, He said this, I will lead you and guide you. And He even spoke about being protected, about being hidden in Christ. And all these gifts and abilities you have are all based on the concept, firstly, of seeing who you are in Him and seeing who He is in you. When I started off on my prophetic journey, the church I was at didn't believe in the prophetic. So I just sat there every day and I just, inside of me there was a war going on because I knew what these guys were saying and I didn't even know the word was in contradiction to what was going on in my spirit because I got baptized in the spirit and what these guys were preaching was in a contradiction to what I was baptized in where they were speaking against the Holy Spirit and I really felt in my heart that there was a spirit of antichrist in the church and so I got to a place one day where I just stood up and I verbalized what the Lord was saying and they kicked me out of the church and that was the greatest day of my life because then I had no church to go to. So I said, God, what do I do? And then the Lord started to lead me to people. And I started to encounter people that started to inspire me into stepping into a greater realm of the knowledge of the things of God. That God would give you wisdom and insight and knowledge and intellect and understanding. I mean, some of these gifts are weapons, powerful weapons. I shared with you guys the story when I came to America and I was involved with immigration. And I was encountering immigration, called into immigration to explain how I got my immigration status to be like such and such. And I had no answer because I didn't do it. My attorney did it. And the person that interviewed me, I was praying for some beautiful, nice, young person that just had a heart for missions and a heart for the foreigners and all that sort of stuff. I got Satan. This person that called me out, when they heard the voice, it was nicotine drenched, and you can, like oh, Lord Jesus. And I turned around, and fear gripped me, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say, because I knew what the question was going to be. And I had to do what this guy did. I had to start seeing something beyond my natural circumstance. They got me in this governmental office with these little brown tables and chairs, and closed the door behind me, and I sat there, and I thought to myself, I'm on the Inquisition. 
and the woman asked me the question and I looked beyond the question and I saw something in her life and I grabbed a hand I started to prophesy to her about the, the rape that she'd gone through about the destruction that the brother that she had had AIDS and that he was dying and he was in a place in Guadalupe and God was going to do a miracle and save him as well as her and I just started to continue prophesying I didn't answer the question I went to the next level I spoke what I saw and I declared what I saw and I held her hand and she started to slide down the back of the table pulling me over the table and she dropped on the floor and it was a snot bubble session But that wasn't because I was good or I was eloquent or I knew the scripture. That was because I saw something. And why did I see it? Because God allowed me, he actually set it up that I would go there to touch someone's life. In the midst of my journey and my battle, that there was an opportunity for me to express the kingdom to somebody that was so far distantly removed from the kingdom. With knowledge and wisdom insight to that person's personal experience. And that's a weapon. Because what it did to that person that day, it set her free from the torment that she'd been in her whole life. I thought I was in torment coming into this interview. But the bottom line is she was in torment more than I was. And I saw clearly. And the weapon of the Spirit of God rose up inside of me. And it came out through my tongue, through my mouth. And what it did, it set the captive free. That's what you carry. It's not, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what the enemy is trying to do. With inside of you is a kingdom that is so powerful that at the declaration of his name, things fall. When Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane, he said, I am he. And by the mention of I am he, they fell down. And Peter jumped in with his sword and cut the guy's ear off. I'm not talking about natural weapons. I'm talking about spiritual weapons. The Bible says the weapons of your warfare are mighty and strong. To the pulling down of strongholds. I shared with you many times experiences I had, like when I had my house, a tornado coming. I stood outside. I declared that tornado and moved it to a different dimension. We have this power inside of us. If Jesus could command the storm, peace, be still. And he said, greater things shall you do because I'm going to be with the Father. Where are the greater things? What is missing today in the church? It's the greater things. Why do you think people don't want to come to church? They don't want to sit through an hour of dirge. Like I said to a friend of mine, I said, why do you go to that place and drink toilet water? He said, what do you mean? I said, it's toilet water. Because anything that is devoid of the Spirit is toilet water. Where you should be drinking from rivers of living water, you're drinking toilet water. And you wonder why you're sick. When you're listening to some psychology or some philosophy, or, or some, you know, I'm not against psychology, but psychology is permeated the church. Where they take you through your brokenness and continue to dribble over your brokenness, instead of delivering you and setting you free from it, you continually bring that stuff back up. The church has taken on psychology rather than deliverance. Because, oh, we don't want to, cause people to get offended by demon manifestations man I tell you you know the, <laughs> when I came to the states demons here wore three piece suits <laughs> in Africa you can see a demon oh okay that's a demon in America oh that's a nice looking guy he's got a three piece suit on look at him he's quite cute 
my first month here, I was in a church. I was taking my two girls to the, um, what do they call it, the kids' church things. And I'm walking, and a lady sees me, she goes, and she bounces into this, through this door. And I thought, oh, that's weird. And I got past the door, and it's the men's restroom. And I thought, wow, that's if she opened. I don't know what happened, why she got confused. So I walked and put my kids in the, in the children's church, and I came out. I told my wife, I said, there's a lady that I walked. I sort of walked into it, and then she jumped into the men's restroom when I came along. She said, that's weird. She said, well, pray and ask the Holy Spirit what it means. I prayed and asked the Holy Spirit what it means. So I went to the pastor after the service. I said, um, I'm so-and-so, and the Lord has told me that there's a wife-swapping ring in your church. <laughs> I didn't know any better. I'm come from Africa. We're just straight. I didn't sort of say, well, you know, there could be an issue in your church. I just came out, Bleh. I said it as I saw it. He said, you're absolutely wrong. I don't receive what you're saying. A month later, in the newspaper, it was exposed. And guess who was the leader and the ring leader of the wife-swapping ring? The pastor. Hello? And there was about 2,000 people in the church. 2,000 people that could not see. The blind lead the blind and they fall in a ditch together. You can be so thankful that you go to a church where people see. Because they can set the captive free. If you come in with a monkey on your back, we can deliver you from that monkey. I was in a church in Maryland. And I was still wearing my South African clothes because I, uh, I had an Italian guy that used to dress me in South Africa. So I was really preppy. I sort of downgraded my preppiness now. But you don't think so? You think I look cute? I tell you, it's good, eh? <laughs> so, but anyway, so I go to this church, and I'm ministering, and there's a lady in the back. And I'm, I think, I must be seeing things. She's got a monkey sitting on her shoulders with his fingers in her ears. Now, it wasn't a natural monkey. It was a spiritual thing. I saw, and I'm ministering, I'm kind of walking in different places, look, there's one of them. I thought I was seeing things. So when I started to prophesy, I walked up to her. I said, hello, can you see, hello. And she said, I can't hear you. I said, okay. In Jesus' name, Lucer. And then my went, Phew. and she grabbed it. She said, oh my God, I can hear, I can hear. I said, what happened? She said, I had this thing tell me not to listen to you. Not to listen to you. I couldn't hear you. I couldn't understand what you said. I couldn't hear you. She said, I had a dream the other night that a man was coming from Africa wearing green clothes and he was bringing bug spray. And I had green pants on and a green shirt. Not my color spectrum anymore. But... <laughs> but... God gave her a dream, and then he allowed me to see this thing on her. And so she was set free. And God did a great miracle. And, why? and it was in the church. And there were hundreds of people around her. She began to church for years, and nobody saw anything. You, who have the Spirit of God in you, have the capacity and access to see all things, and to know all things. And how do you actually function in it when you see it? You know, I thank God for my military training. I know it left me with a lot of issues. 
But what it did leave me with it was a tactical understanding of the kingdom. I deal daily with still some PTSD things. Because I think when you go through such traumatic events like that in your life, it leaves within you organ and muscle memory. And yes, you can cast the demon out, you can do all that, but you still have this functional thing that works in you that sometimes triggers you, that you have to be aware of. You know what I mean? No? You don't know what I mean? Okay. I know what I mean. At least one of us knows what we mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. Okay, so the bottom line is, outside of that, I'm thankful for it because the reason why is this. Is in my training in the military, God made me a tactician as far as weaponry is concerned. I knew all my weapons and I knew every single weapon of every single military in the world. I knew everything about them. I could tell you what, by listening to the sound, I could tell you what weapon it was. When I came to the kingdom, I became very astute and very advanced as far as the weaponry of the warfare in the spirit. God started to show me different components of deliverance and setting captives free. Different ways of speaking and declaring things. Different ways of calling things out. Dreams, visions, understanding. Different ways of praying. You see, you don't use the same old thing all the time. You just have a different weapon in your arsenal for a different event. You don't use the same thing. Okay? So when you go and pray for somebody for healing, you have to discern whether this healing is something that is generational, if it comes from iniquity or if it comes from sin, or if it's just a demonic thing, or if it's something else that the person's involved themselves to. So you don't approach this thing from the same way every time. So you need to continually be praying in the Spirit. Because why? It's because the Spirit will give you utterance to what he's, what he's saying and what He's thinking and what He knows about the person. Because no one knows the heart of man like God. You want to know what's going on in a person's life? Pray. Ask the Lord. I don't care what it looks like. You know? A friend of mine, a couple of months ago, called me and said, Hey, listen, uh, my dad's in hospital. Uh, he had a diabetic coma and he basically was out for a while and they think he's brain dead. And I would just like you to come pray for him. I don't think he knew, knew the Lord. And so I went down, and we want to be able to raise him up, wake him up so we can lead him to the Lord and then let him go. All right. So I went in. And the first thing the guy's wife did is, please don't pray for him. I said, why not? She said, I don't think it's appropriate that you pray for him. So then the Lord showed me, this woman has a demon. <laughs> now, how do you confront the demon in, church, in, in, in a hospital with family there? You, you confront him politely. <laughs> so I put my hand on her shoulder. I said, honey, listen. No weapon formed against you can prosper. And every weapon the enemy raises against you will be confounded right now in Jesus' name. And so I bind whatever issue of fear and intolerance is going on in your heart right now. And I release the grace of God and the peace of God. And she broke and started to weep. She said, please, will you pray for my husband? Well, a couple of months ago, they told me not to. Now they're telling me to pray for him. And then the nurse came in, and she was doing some whatever it was on him, and I just started to pray. And I saw the nurse, and I looked at her, and she had tears running out of her face. And so I thought, so I don't know, something's going on here. So I prayed for the guy. And within 20 minutes, he came out of his coma. And I thought, that's interesting. So we got to talk to him a bit, got to pray with him a bit. He survived for another month. And then he passed away. 
But the, the nurse that was dealing in the ICU, when I walked out, she called me aside. She said, she said, you know, I've been barren. Been married for 11 years. I have never been able to conceive. And she said, you know, I've been praying, asking God to bring someone that knew how to pray. And she said, when I heard you praying for this man, she said, I've never heard anybody pray like that. Would you pray for my womb to be opened? I said, be according to your faith. She said, is that it? I said, that's it. That's what Jesus did. <laughs> when they went back, when my, my daughter went back to visit, because it was a friend of hers, when my daughter went back to visit, this girl said that she'd just did a pregnancy test and she is pregnant. Now that was a byproduct of something else. So what I'm saying to you is this is resonant in you. You know, Harold was mentioning about us being an army and being soldiers and being warriors. Now, I'm not talking about people that worry. I'm talking about being a warrior, being raised and trained. And in Ephesians, it says, God gave apostles and prophets, teachers and evangelists and pastors to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and to bring you into the full nature and stature of Christ. So what it is, you have the full capacity to walk in the fullness of the things of God on earth. Now, if you look back at Moses back in the day, God had a special grace and anointing on his life. Am I right? So I've been thinking about Moses. I've been thinking about Elijah. And I've been looking at these guys from the Old Testament. They'd accomplished great feats that were anointed for a specific event in history. Okay? They were specifically called out. Okay, today, many are called, but few are chosen. But listen, there's so many of you guys here that are called to much greater things than you are actually walking in right now. And so when I look at Moses, I look at him going to Pharaoh. Now look, it was a fearful thing to go into the house of Pharaoh because of his history. The possibility for Pharaoh to capture him and kill him was very strong. Sometimes the Lord will take you back to events that took place in your life to set the captive free in those areas. Now I'm not saying if you come out of a drug culture, go back and try and minister to drug addicts. You let the Holy Spirit guide you. Don't get me wrong. You don't be stupid and go into something stupidly. You go in with wisdom. You don't go in, well, I used to be drug addict. I've got to go minister. Because I'm telling you what, in six weeks you'll be back on drugs. Yeah? Bad company corrupts good morals. You have to get wisdom from God. But I watched Moses. The first event that he did is to prove to Pharaoh the strength and the power and the anointing of his life. He threw down his rod. Turned into a snake. So all Pharaoh's magicians, I think there were ten of them, threw theirs down, right? So Moses, Rod, or snake, ate the other ten. And what did he do? He picked it up by the tail. Okay, and it turned back into a rod, right? So I thought, why did you do that? Why didn't you rather get him to stomp on the snake's head? Because I would have done that. I've done that before. I, I've stomped on a couple of snakes' heads. But I'm just saying, your thought would be, Moses would be tactical. He would stomp on the snake that he killed those ten kingdoms. But he picked it up by the tail, and it turned back into a rod. Because you know why God told me? You know why he did that? I said, no. He said, because I had someone else who was going to stomp on the servant's head. Moses was going to lift up by the tail, but I have Christ who's going to stomp on his head. I, I look at those things as far as, God is so tactically original. And you, every single one of you, to each has been given a gift. Each has been, 
And your gifts are diverse and different to mine. But together, corporately, we come together. We are raised up like Ezekiel, we're like one army that stands before the world. This army of brokenness. Right? And every people that every person that's coming together has come out of some form of brokenness. With this valley of dry bones that God by His Spirit has raised up. And we'll stand like an army one day before the world. We will judge kingdoms with Christ. Am I right? I'm waiting for the hour when we start ministering with the angels. Oh boy. Getting kind of spooky over there. No, I am. I'm seriously. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the time. I know some things like that have happened to me already. I was in a ministry in Phoenix, Arizona, and the guy came up to me and said, you came to my house last night, knocked on my door and prayed for me. I said, dude, I don't know what you've been smoking, but I didn't do that. He said, no, no, it's you. I know your accent. He said, it's you, it's you, it's you. I said, no. He said, no, you did. He said, I'll ask God to please send me someone to pray for me. And I knocked on the door, and I went to the door, and you were standing, and you prayed for me. Now, what time was this? He said, about 2 o'clock in the morning. I was asleep. I don't know if God took me by the Spirit. I have no idea. But whatever it was, praise God. The guy got ministry. Even in your sleep, God can use you. I love being on airplanes. You have a captivated audience. I've had a thought about this. If the pilot says, ladies and gentlemen, brace yourself. We're going to crash. I would go up to the front and take the microphone. I say, okay, we have one opportunity here, folks. You can either die and go to hell, or you can actually give your life to Christ right now and go to heaven. Then the pilot says, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, 200 people give the last to the Lord, you know. But, I mean, those kind of things, I think about those things all the time. I think about God taking me for divine appointments and visitation to places that I have no access to. Take you to leadership of the nation while they're in their sleep. Take you in a dream to them to speak to them. I pray for that all the time. God, do it. Because why? Sometimes you don't have access. God has to make a supernatural access for you. I, I, that's what I do. I went to a guy's business one day. I was sitting in the chair talking to him. And the Spirit of the Lord told me, tell me about today, 3 o'clock, the bank manager is going to sit in this chair and shut your business down. And I said to him, hey, listen, Michael, 3 o'clock today, the bank manager is going to sit in this chair. He said, how do you know I've got an appointment with the bank manager at 3 o'clock? I said, I don't know, but the Spirit of God told me he's come to close your business down. And he, he looked at me with shock. What do you mean? I said, there, I don't know what I mean, but this is what I'm going to say to you. But God is going to give you grace and mercy. He's going to move on this man's heart, and he's going to fund your business. That afternoon, 3 o'clock, the bank manager and the accountant, the chief accountant from the bank, sat in that very chair and said, we're here to close your business down. And this guy pleaded. He said, please have mercy on me. Give me some more time. The guy said, okay, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to give you an extra half a million to be able to get this thing done. And he walked out. My friend called me and said, Dude, crazy thing happened. He said, well, that guy sat in that chair that you sat in, and he changed his mind. I know why. Because I sat in that chair, and the Spirit was still in that chair. What am I I'm not talking about spooky, strange stuff. I'm talking about stuff that you and I have been brought into the kingdom for. Okay? We've been brought in for an hour and a time like this. Hey, listen. We are in dire straits in the world. I don't care what you look at, what you think, and what your political motivation is. We're in trouble. I mean, we have so many poor people. But yet we're the richest nation on earth. We're becoming like a third world nation. You know, people 
there's just not enough work for people. There's just not enough to go around and people need help. And we have it. We have it. We have the help. The problem is we're not getting out there getting it done. Because people have been so conditioned to depend on the government. And the government cannot take care of you because they don't have the Spirit of God. But you and I have the Spirit of God. We can do things. I went down to the, the, um, the food pantry on Friday. I was amazed. And I'm, you know, I was looking at the people that were there and they're broken. And I was looking at these people taking care of the broken and the wounded. And you know what happens? What comes to my mind? God says when you take care of the poor, you lend to God. And you know, it's, it's great to have money in God's bank when you've given of yourself to somebody that doesn't have. When you've sown of yourself into somebody that doesn't have the capacity. When you take the gift that God has given you and you give it away. And what you find when you turn, you have more. And you can give that away too. As long as you continue to give that stuff away, you will have more. The day you stop giving, that's when you lose it. You know, people that are in debt, the reason why they're in debt is because they don't give. They just don't give. They can't afford to give. But they cannot afford not to give. I'm not even talking about money now. I'm talking about energy, effort, time. Getting up and starting to pray. Give something to the Lord every morning. Wake up and give your day to the Lord. Wake up and give your day to God. God, this is your day. What do you want me to do? I do it every day. There's days that I sit and wait. There's other days when God sends me an assignment. Sometimes He sends me to places to meet people I've never met before and to wait for them and then they appear. I love it. Why? Because I'm on assignment. I know when I'm on assignment, there's a special grace. You know what I mean? This is what you call to. Well, I'm not like that, brother. I bind and rebuke that lying spirit in Jesus' name. Because you've been called to greatness. You've been called to be weaponized. You've been called to have the Spirit of God in your mouth that when you speak, that you transform and you destroy kingdoms and you build kingdoms with your words. You've been given the mind of Christ. How do you, how do you inherit the mind of Christ? The only way you inherit the mind of Christ is to get into His Word and start reading His Word and to know who He is. When you start knowing who He is, we're talking about wineskin now, okay? This old religion, uh, you know that song? Give me that old-time religion. I hate that song. I would like to have a record-smashing session burning those vinyls, whatever that song. Because that song, to me, is more of, it's some kind of ridiculous. Because the bottom line is religion's not going to get you to where you need to be. What's going to get you to where you need to be is relationship and communication. And to do what this guy did is to have your eyes open so you can see. You know, there's the graveyard is full of people that have died with their dream and their vision. You know, Habakkuk says, write the vision and make it plain so the one who runs with it can see it. Write your vision down. Keep a note of what you're doing. Keep a record of the stuff that you see. Write the stuff down so that you can read over it continually, so you can get in your spirit. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word. And yes, sometimes you read the Bible, and it's the Word of God comes in you. Sometimes you read the words you wrote, and they come back in you, and they start birthing. They start manifesting, because the Word is alive. Right? Are you guys bored? So I want to encourage you, those of you that know that you have a spiritual gift in you, 
I want you to stand. I'm going to pray with you that God, by His Holy Spirit, will just empower you. And there's a lot of you that are tremendously gifted. But lethargy, leth- and even cultural concepts of having, have what I would almost captivated you versus being captivated by the Spirit of God, by the presence of the Lord. Father, I just thank you today for every saint that has stood. Lord, I thank you that the kingdom is not male nor female. It's not gender biased. I thank you that the kingdom is those that are filled and been brought in by the Spirit who have been appointed for a specific time, and the time is now. I pray today, Lord, that there would be an activating anointing that would be sent out, that they would start hearing your voice. Because you said in your word, my sheep hear my voice. They would start seeing your manifest presence. They would start seeing things they've never seen before. Creating things, designing things, calling things forth, promoting, moving things in the Spirit, by the Spirit. I thank you today, Father, that we are just going to weaponize these saints with the Spirit of God. Fill them to capacity. Lord, let them bubble over. Let them wash over. Let them not be ashamed or afraid of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let them declare with their mouth. Let them speak forth. Let them declare with their feet by going. Let them declare with their hands by laying on hands and empowering those that are less fortunate. Thank you, Father, today that you have a kingdom in this earth that has the capacity to turn this earth away from destruction to you. Thank you for your mercy and grace that you have sent us Jesus Christ as our Savior, who has given his life so that we may have life, so that we can give that life to others. I thank you today, Father, that it goes into the schools. It goes into the highways and the highways and the court systems and the offices and the businesses and the mechanic shops and all these dental places and doctor's offices that the Spirit of God will once again flow in the streets of San Angelo. Thank you, Lord, that you would use these people in one voice and one mind and one spirit to declare the purposes of God. Lord, we have seen you build something in San Angelo from nothing. We've seen the years it's taken to bring this thing to where it is now. We've seen men's lives being transformed by the power of your word and your love. We've seen hearts change. We've seen healings. We've seen cancers drop off people's bodies. We've seen things change, Lord. Father, we desire to see the miracles. We desire that you impart it into your people, Lord, that miracle after miracle and sign after sign and wonder after wonder takes place in this area. Lord, that we come an epicenter. We break every single powerful foul voice that would be raised up against the kingdom. And Lord, even those detractors, Father, we pray that you would make them drunk in the Holy Ghost. That as they stand and say, that's not God, that you would slay them in the Spirit. And you make them reap their words, Father. I thank you today, Father, that you would cause them, even like Saul, on the road to Damascus, Lord, where you brought him down by light. And dropped him on the ground. Is why you're persecuting. Even those who are persecuting you today, Father. That they would become proponents of your gospel. They would speak forth in powerful ways. They would give their lives over to you, Lord. We ask you today for a spirit of evangelism. To come upon San Angelo and surrounding cities. To break the death that's in these cities, Lord. The drug addiction, the abuse, the violence, the gangs. All the stuff where men and women have been void of fathers. And have lost the fatherly content in their life. Today, Father, you become their heavenly Father. We declare today, Father, that every infirmity is broken. Father, every poverty is broken. 
even biblical poverty is broken over the hearts and lives, that your people will drink the word, that the word of God will be in their mouth. Lord, I thank you today that it's a new day. It's a blue sky. It's a new day, Lord, today. I thank you, Father, that you're going to bring rain to the city, not only just in the natural, but in the spirit. We declare today that the heavens will usher forth the rain and break this barrenness that's going over the city and the nation. And the leaders will know that this didn't come because the weatherman declared it. This came because the prophet declared it in Jesus' name. Thank you today, today, Lord, that men and women will find position in your kingdom and they will function as an army, as one man, like you spoke about, Father, in your word, that you will rise up as one man, a mighty army before the Lord. Thank you today, Lord, that we can go one day and empty out the hospitals of the sick and the infirmed and those that are mentally challenged, those that are on medications and all kinds of psychotic drugs, you can deliver them and set them free today in Jesus' name. We just speak to these things and declare this is the favorable year of the Lord on your saints, everyone, man and woman and child, today that they shall prophesy, they shall have dreams. Thank you, Lord, for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the hearts and lives of these people. Bring them here so they can encounter the goodness and the mercy of God. This is the favorable year of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, that this year, 2018, God, this is a year of a multiple abundance. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.